Right, you're right. You know, your sister's writing a novel. It doesn't matter what you write. Write something. Write your feelings, write your emotions, write the events, because writing in itself is therapeutic, and writing helps you reach the understanding of what has happened and why it happened and how you felt. And you can also look back on your writing years later or months later, and you can say, oh, I have improved. I have started healing. Look what I was feeling to what I am feeling today. And it just helps encourage you take the next step, keep focused on, on the final freedom that forgiveness will give you. I'm Jamie Mo Crazy, and you're listening to Life Gets Mo Crazy where we'll hear from people who either been through a trauma or helped someone else through. Listen and learn strategies you can implement in your life so when a metaphorical avalanche slides you down the mountain of life, you can climb an alternative peak with the best view. I am here today with Lois Wagner, who is your friend for forgiveness. She helps you move from victim to survivor to thriver and beyond to freedom. So how did she learn how to do this? Well, she faced a life where she had a business that went bankrupt and was attacked and raped and left for dead. And so that is how she has taken what happened to her and climbed an alternative peak with how to convey what she learned through her experiences to the people that she works with to be your friend for forgiveness. So how do you forgive it when people cause unexpected trauma in your life? That's what we're here to discuss is a bit about forgiveness and moving on and climbing an alternative peak after facing an unexpected trauma or multiple. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Jamie. This is a fabulous platform and I'm very grateful to be here. Well, this will be fun. So you have had a really intense rape trauma. So let's explain a little bit more about that. It happened a good 26 years ago now. Uh, I was in business in partnership in a little digital printing company. And I was working late one night. Uh, It was a small little home, a little house that we had as an office. And I was in the secure behind an eight-foot wall, courtyard, beautiful summer's evening. I had the music playing. Um, I was having a drink and I was working. And somebody, some man, climbed this wall and I didn't hear him or see him until he had his hand around my throat and the screwdriver aimed at my neck. So that's where it all started. I was 40 years old. Uh, and that was the beginning. Wow, that's it's so so unexpected. So, what happened um, the day after that experience? 
Well, it was quite it was quite an ex- it was a journey really, uh, because I fought him. I fought him very hard with everything I had, but unfortunately, he overcame me. Uh, he tied me up. I was bleeding profusely, and he stole my car and he left. But I had managed to free myself. Called the police, and uh, they caught him within half an hour, fifteen minutes to half an hour. They they called him. They caught him, and uh, I was quite relieved. I mean, not many people have that fortunate aspect happening. It's it's quite a relief to know that your perpetrator has been caught. So I went to hospital, obviously, and I was very badly injured. And the next day, or even that night, I was so angry, as anybody would be. But it was in the day when rape was never discussed in in polite circles. People didn't use the word. People never spoke about it because it didn't happen to us. You know, it just didn't happen. And so I was even more angry about it. And I decided that night that I was going to share my story because people must know that this happens to everyday people. And I started writing a journal that very, very night. And uh, the next day I decided to become an activist. And so you wanted to become an activist to spread awareness that regular people can experience this kind of an unexpected trauma. So have you met other forms of survivors from rape? Since then, many, many people. It's, you know, in those days it wasn't spoken about. The first time I found somebody else was I was talking at a group, at a women's group. There were a 100 women in the group. And I said to them, statistically, 25 of you will be or have been raped. And everybody looked at me with big eyes. But when I went to the cloakroom afterwards, four women came up to me and told me that they had also been raped. And I was the first person they had ever spoken to about it. So that really helped open doors. It helped people speak out to share their messages and to start their healing journey. So that is, as an activist, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to support women, help them recover, help them speak about their trauma. But also I wanted to change the law. I wanted to change the world. The, The man who raped me was out on bail for rape. And so I wanted to change the law, change the world. These people shouldn't be allowed to walk the streets. So that was my first form of activism, was to change. And I had some impact. We worked on the new constitution in South Africa, and we managed to make some changes to the law. That's really impressive, because when you have something that you want to change, to get from systematic change to changing the protocols to changing the law, that's like one of the biggest forms of change. And I know it takes a lot of background work to get any of these types of changes to go. So your creation of the BRAVE Brave Program for Girls and Women and Boys and Men. Yes, so so what happened was years later, it took me a long time before I developed the BRAVE concept, 
I was out to help women recover and go on their healing journey. And that was my focus. And then one day I thought, why am I helping women recover? It shouldn't happen in the first place. So I should do something about stopping it happening. And so I came up with a brave concept. And it, it was originally aimed at boys and men. But when I thought about it, I thought it could work for girls and women as well. So if we could teach everybody the qualities of brave, what does brave mean? What does it mean to be a brave person? And so I came up with the acronym uh, the B is for boundaries. If we know our own boundaries and we know the boundaries of those around us and we don't cross those boundaries, then we'll certainly have a better relationship with others. Also, that not to be a bystander. When you see people being attacked or seeing some, somebody being harassed, do something, intervene, call somebody, don't be a bystander. Then the R is for respect to really just respect the other person's boundaries, their values, what they want, where they're at. And if we respect each other, we're not going to hurt each other. It's also about being a role model for your children and for those around you and taking responsibility for your actions. The A is the big one, agreement, ask. So it's about consent. And consent is not no. Consent is an a, a yes and an enthusiastic yes and also it's about being alert be alert to what is happening around you then the v is values know your values not only the values that you are, are taught as a child and indoctrinated into you but your values that you develop over time and then understand the values of the people in your community and then respect those values and be verbal, communicate with people, share your story, share your concerns. If you see something that's not good, go and report it, go and tell somebody about it. And E is for equality. If we treat everybody equally, uh, we will all become empowered and we will all become successful. I love those concepts. And it's so true that what you mentioned you, instead of teaching women how to recover, women how to heal, it, it takes two to, to make this happen. And so there needs to be a lot more attention paid to who is raping who. Um, and so instead of just teaching you how to heal and recover, it's great that you started teaching as well some of the values that you should be teaching your boys and men um, so that they don't rape women exactly and it's also about teaching women those values because women sometimes entice and aggravate and make a situation worse and they can harm men as well and other women and so women should also be brave mm -hmm. yes I love you I love that you brought that up because I definitely do agree that um both sexes can cause damage and harm to each other and to the same people of the same sex as well. Um, and so every, every person should understand the values of being brave and how to instill that in their life. And uh, another acronym that you have 
is that you smile. You smile with lots. And so tell me a bit about what SMILE stands for. Well, that is what I use to describe what I do. People always tell me I'm smiling despite all my adversities and all my challenges and all the problems and that I've experienced. I'm always smiling. So I use that to describe what I do for a living and who I am. So the S is it's I'm a storyteller, I'm a public speaker, uh, I've got a published book, and I'm a TEDx speaker. The M is I'm a mentor, so with all my years of wisdom, <laughs> I can share and support others. The I is inspiring. The L is I'm a learning facilitator, so I train, I train brave, and I also train leadership and management. And then the E is I'm an empowering coach. So I coach people one-on-one and in groups. So smile with me. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. And so how can my listeners smile with you? Um, how can they get in contact with you? Well, I've got a, a web page and a book and a Facebook page with the same name, which is Walking Without Skin. So it's very easy to find me. The only other walking without skin is a robot, and I'm definitely not a robot. Amazing. And so you mentioned um, that you forgave your rapist. And so what does that mean? Like, what do you think forgiving somebody really means? Forgiveness has not that much to do with the other person. It's not condoning what the other person has done or letting them off the hook. That man deserved to go to jail. He was given a 25-year sentence and he deserved it. So it's not saying let him free or let him go. What it is, it's breaking the bond or the tie that is keeping you set in that situation or with that person. So in my case, uh, it was 14 years later that I, I was living outside the country and I was coming home for my first holiday when I found out that he was coming up for parole. And he, his parole hearing was the day after I arrived in the country. So it was such a coincidence. So I thought I must go. The law had just changed, allowing what they call victims of crime to attend parole hearings. So I was the first person in South Africa to attend one of these parole hearings. And uh, it was quite quite a situation. I mean, I went to this prison not really knowing if I would forgive him. I did preparation just in case. But when I got there, I forgave him. It was the most liberating thing I've ever done. For 14 years, I was very triggered. I was triggered and I had I had PSTD uh, symptoms and, you know, I wasn't a happy person. But after I forgave him, I broke that tie and that bond to him so completely. The, the authorities told me they would let me know in seven days if he got parole or not. And I just felt I don't need to know. He is so not part of me or my life anymore that what happens to him is of no concern to me. And I didn't walk out of that prison. I flew out of that prison completely free 
of that situation and the hold that those memories had over me. Wow. So you're, what you're saying is that forgiveness is not really about saying that what the person did wasn't bad or that they don't need time, they don't deserve it. It has nothing to do with the other person. For you, forgiveness is letting go of how those emotions are attacking you and how they are hurting you and just letting letting it go so then you can come to life and fly out of the meeting and continue with what you want to be doing in life without that tie to something in your past. So that's something I'd suggest a lot of our listeners to do. If you have an experience that you just keep holding on to, um, in the past that was traumatic and weighed you down, if you can find a way to forgive that experience, it's not saying that that experience didn't matter or it shouldn't hurt as much. It's it's letting go of it so you can start to fly. Exactly. And it's also important to know that you can't really forgive immediately after the event because you're sitting in trauma, you're sitting as a victim, you've got all of those negative feelings, anger, hate, depression, whatever it is. And when you're experiencing those emotions, you can't forgive because you're dealing with with trying to put your life back into some kind of order. And so that's when resilience comes in because you've got to develop some resilience to, to pick yourself up again. And even then, in, in my model, you become a survivor, and a survivor is also still a struggler. And so while you're struggling, you can't forgive either. It's when you develop your grit and you then become a thriver. That is when you can consider forgiving. So I never say to people, you must forgive. You've got to find out where you are in your journey, and then you build your resilience and your grit. You can build the muscle of forgiveness by practicing forgiving small, less important issues uh, until you are ready. And when you are ready, it is so liberating. I love what you brought up, and I agree completely that it it takes time to embrace and understand all of it. And so in my trauma, I was skiing at World Tour Finals and crashed, and then I went into a coma in the hospital, and both my sister and I had to let go of this trauma. And so my sister is writing a book, a novel from her point of view of the whole incident. And it's a fantastic novel. It's really gripping. And it took time. Like she she wrote down all the notes and stuff the year after, but it took, we are now six years after my dramatic brain injury. And she's really focusing on finalizing the book and we're working on contacting production companies and and doing the steps because it took healing and understanding from her point of view and from my point of view. And I think that's a really good point that it takes time to, to feel it and embrace it before you can forgive the incident and move on to different portions of your life. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. I just encourage people to start working towards that forgiveness. Practice 
every day. You know, people keep gratitude journals. I say keep a forgiveness journal where every day you forgive yourself for three things and you forgive others for three things. So they can be little things. I forgive myself for pressing the snooze button this morning. I forgive the dog. I forgive myself for shouting at the dog. I forgive um, whatever, little things that you think, oh, that doesn't need forgiveness, it just happened. But by practicing it, and then you forgive the other, you forgive the dog for eating your slipper, you forgive your friend for not phoning you on your birthday. And by practicing that forgiveness, when it comes to the big issues, you are now you've got a strong forgiveness muscle and it becomes that much easier to forgive. That's some great advice. We can all start doing that. Write a forgiveness journal where you write three things that you forgive yourself about and three things that you forgive others for. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show. We're reaching the end of our time together. Do you have anything else about forgiveness you would like to share? Right. You're right. You know, your sister's writing a novel. It doesn't matter what you write. Write something. Write your feelings. Write your emotions. Write the events. Because writing in itself is therapeutic. And writing helps you reach the understanding of what has happened and why it happened and how you felt. And you can also look back on your writing years later or months later and you can say, oh, I have improved. I have started healing. Look what I was feeling to what I am feeling today. And it just helps encourage you take the next step, keep focused on, on the final freedom that forgiveness will give you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I really have learned a lot in this experience. And I am honored that you wanted to share the idea of forgiveness after such a terrible encounter that it's giving me chills. <laughs> um, but we can always climb an alternative peak after we encounter an unexpected trauma and share the love. I love, it makes me smile how you smile and share the love. So thank you so much for joining and I will talk to you later.